Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome in, Justin Acre, Chris Kane here. Going to do a little preview of Central Arkansas football for 2022, and we are excited about the upcoming season. And Chris, there are a lot of changes at key positions, but a lot of guys back too that are also key positions. Think about a couple of key guys on the defensive line, and then also the most productive running back we've seen at UCA in a long time in the form of the freshman Darius Hale, who was a freshman All-American and ended up with 18 total touchdowns last season. Exciting season, great schedule, and obviously Nathan Brown back at the helm. And I know you and I are excited to be back in the booth calling it. Steve Owens. Is to join us on the sideline rj hawk is uh moving on to some other things he's got a lot of irons in the fire so we'll miss him appreciate his service but appreciate dr teague and the staff letting us come back and i know we're all excited to work with coach brown on the coaches show and also on the game broadcast this year and getting to kick it off on a thursday night on the stripes cannot wait for that matchup hoping for great weather and a great atmosphere out there we know that the fans are going to bring it for the opening game of the season and of all teams coming in it's missouri state who is a preseason top 10 team according to most polls so it's a great way to kick off the season but Justin really so many changes since we last spoke on a broadcast when you talk about the shift in college football as a whole and that includes conferences at the FCS level as well uh, a lot of changes in NIL and there's so many things happening this year where now and I think what we're going to see moving forward as we go through some of the key returnees some of the key players that are gone but now transfer every year you're going to see teams that look a lot different including our opponents than we played in the previous season well thank goodness for Central Arkansas that uh, the transfer is a big part of the process and at quarterback you have one guy who completed a pass from last year on the roster and it happens to be a running back so uh, Will McIlvain will be the guy we're going to hear from coach coach brown in just a second about him but look this is a team coming off a five and six season that is nowhere close to the central arkansas standard was very disappointing close losses and you start the season not only outside the top 10 outside the top 25 if you extend the poll they'd be 31st so that is certainly not the kind of expectation central arkansas is used to but you talk to coach brown and some of the assistants you know, you really feel like they think they have the potential to get back to the true form that we're used to seeing. Well, and it starts with those transfers because when you lose, you know, a career quarterback in Braylon Smith, and it does feel like we've been watching Braylon for the better part of six years yeah. because of COVID year um, and his first year he redshirted, but we did see some glimpses after that. And then, of course, he went on to, you know, almost rewrite the record books in certain categories. So uh, his departure will, will certainly be felt, but getting a transfer in like Will McIlvain and just seeing the dynamic that he's going to bring is going to be so much fun to watch and you know we've got other transfers on the defensive side of the ball as well we've got David Walker coming in from South Arkansas so there's just some new aspect to this team it's kind of like this fresh feel where we got to see incredible players from the previous three seasons but now I do feel like that coaching staff has a lot to be excited about and through the offseason they've just raved about these newcomers coming in well let's start with Will McIlvain he will be the uh, unabashed unquestioned starter at quarterback after the long era with Braylon Smith as you mentioned Clifton McDowell another transfer Chris who, uh, by way of Kilgore College, started out at Louisiana Lafayette, will be the backup, and he's an impressive-looking figure at six four five ten. Will McIlvain, not as impressive in stature, but certainly in accomplishments. 5'11", 185. He's from my hometown of Des Moines, Iowa, and he is a former Lincoln Rail splitter, much like my parents and my <laughs> aunts and uncles, and uh, not exactly the most tradition-rich program, but he rewrote the record books there, Chris, before he got out. In fact, he was the first player in the largest classification in Iowa ever to throw for 2,000 and rush for 1,000 
2000 the same season. More impressively, he goes to Northern Iowa, which is a perennial power. And in his one year as the starter, 27-78 through the air, 20 touchdown passes, set the freshman mark for UNI, and was named to the 2019 All-Newcomer team. He was also Missouri Valley uh, Conference Honorable Mention All-Conference. So as a freshman, very impressive. Kind of got lost in the shuffle the next year. And now he finds himself at Central Arkansas with a chance to really get on track. Coach Brown is thrilled about his playmaking ability, and here's what he has to say about the transfer, Will McIlvain. I think it starts and ends with Will McIlvain. I mean, if you don't have the trigger man, then you're, you're not going to have success. But um, we've been so accustomed to Braylon Smith around here for the last three or four years and, and you know, obviously uh, deserved every bit of the credit he got. But um, it, it, it's going to be a pleasant, pleasant change. I mean, I'm excited about what Will brings to the table. He's He's a kid that has experience. You know, he was freshman of the year in his conference in 2019 in the Missouri Valley when he played for Northern Iowa. And, you know, he's he got you know 16, 17 starts under his belt, and just he, he he commands commands presence in the huddle and has a lot of poise and experience. And and uh, you're just going you're just not going to see a skip a beat. He's that good, and and so I'm excited about what he brings to the table and adds a little bit of a running element that we haven't had in years past with Braylon. He's a little more of a dual threat quarterback, but uh, you know, I don't like getting that twist, but trust me, he can make all the throws. I think this was exciting about it. So, Chris, now the question becomes, in addition to working behind a really talented offensive line and having a great group of running backs led by, of course, Darius Hell, who was incredibly productive last year, who is he going to throw the football to? That's the question. So who are the receivers? He had a couple of key losses last year, certainly, in two of the all-time greats in Hudson and Winningham. Yeah, key losses, uh, an, almost an understatement there. Tyler Hudson rewriting the record books receiving. He's moved on in the transfer portal. Luan Winningham got a shot in the NFL, looks like, from what we've understood, even though he's already been waived. Jacksonville loves him still, and they're just looking to maybe bring him back on a practice squad, or maybe he showed enough in practice where other teams might pick him up. So right. you lose an NFL guy there. Uh, you're wondering, okay, well, who's going to take that reins at the wide receiver position? And again, the Bears dip into the portal this year. Other than Christian Richmond coming back, you got to look at those receiving targets and who was really one of the favorites for Braylon Smith. Other than Christian Richmond, it was tougher to find. The Bears lost a couple of key tight ends as well, who helped in the passing game at times. Um, you know, you look at guys like Sam Camargo, who caught three touchdowns last year out of his seven catches yeah. not a big catch guy but three touchdowns jack short gone so now you're going to be looking at the transfer portal and they got two big ones justin trust in oliver colorado transfer namdi adim madumir uh, we're going to have to learn how to say that one he's a minnesota transfer 64225 this is a four-star recruit and then john david white a local kid from little rock a pa graduate yep. uh, went to arkansas and we already saw in the scrimmage the other day justin his ability in the slot to create space and be a great safety and underneath guy well gerard barnes we knew was a freak athlete and uh, the cabot arkansas native you know he's a junior 5'11, 180 and if he can stay healthy he'll be a key playmaker in the number one jersey trustin oliver the colorado transfer another big body guy 64215 feel good about him in the 2d and the guy, Chris, when we went to the scrimmage the other day that was most impressive isn't even in the two deep. And we know about his speed, Miles Kit Denton. He made a couple of long catches the other day. So he's a guy that could be a big-time playmaker. He's not even listed in the two deep at any of the three receiver loca- uh, positions. Well, and he's a guy last year that we heard the coaches over and over and say, hey, who's the fastest guy on the team? Who's the fastest guy on the team? Kit Denton. Kit Denton. And they tried to incorporate him in a few packages last year, too. And after we saw in the scrimmage, I think maybe not being in the two deep might be one of those situations where they're uh, they might be hiding him a little bit. 
little bit early yeah. on so the teams don't have their radar on him. But when you see that kid get into the game, just watch out. The ball's probably going to go to him. So offensive line, let's uh, stay there, and then we'll flip over to the defensive side here. Justin Larry at right tackle. Jalen Hendricks, preseason all-conference, along with Darius Hale in the A-Sun. We'll talk more about the conference setup in just a little bit. Key position up front, though, was replacing Toby Sanderson, who was here basically as long as his former quarterback. <laughs> yes. I mean, those guys had such an incredible symbiotic relationship. But I am told that Jack Green, even though he's only a redshirt sophomore, a redshirt freshman, excuse me, will not miss a beat. He's from South Alabama, transferred in. He's a Brandon, Mississippi native, 6'1", 295. And Coach Brown and the offensive line staff absolutely adore Jack Green in the number 60 jersey. On the left side, Josh George, a guy who played very early on absolutely. in his career, right out of Benton as a true freshman. And Frazier Rose, the 6'6", 300-pound redshirt freshman. So some familiar names, but that key cog will be the center position, and they feel good about Jack Green. Well, I loved watching the offensive line the other day work in such great cohesion. They held Jalen Hendricks out of that scrimmage that we went to, but Justin Larry filled in admirably. I mean, BK Collier is a mammoth Mm -hmm. tackle, and he was on that right end. So you look at the size of this offensive line, I think that's one of the things that Coach Brown and that staff have done a phenomenal job of is recruiting big kids and going to the well here in Arkansas quite a bit to find them, which I think is great, keeping these kids at home within the state. Offensive line did great last year blocking for Darius Hale and Kylan James and Tristan Smith before he got injured. So I'm looking forward to another big year from them. 100%. Yeah, you get that whole running back uh, group back together. Kylan James, impressive-looking athlete at six foot 220. We mentioned Hale, and yeah, you mentioned Chiston Smith too, Chris. And before he got hurt, he was explosive. And so looking forward to having that group back. I mean, there's plenty of weapons offensively, even with the receivers being replaced. But everybody's really excited about Will McIlvain and the true dual-threat nature. And Clifton McDowell's another one. Yeah. We saw how well he can throw it in the in the scrimmage. And even the third-string quarterback, who's, who's in from Harding Academy, looked very impressive in the scrimmage the other day. So feel like positions that have been replaced have been repla- replaced well. And you feel good about the guys coming back at the you know the familiar faces. So let's flip it over the defensive side, Chris. And I tell you one thing I like about this side of the ball is you got a lot of Arkansas natives. Seven out of the eleven are Arkansas natives in the starting rotation, and you've got half of your twenty-two basically um, in between offense and defense that are Arkansas natives, which is great. And then they've gone out and gotten guys from around the country. I guess in my mind, I thought defensive line had more losses, mostly because you lose the big personality in a Javius Brown, not to mention big body. the big body, yeah, yeah. and he's soon going to be the biggest handed dentist wherever he ends up and certainly we'll miss him and I wish him the best what an absolutely phenomenal human being and a great representative of the Central Arkansas football program and the Central Arkansas community but across the front Chris you got Jessup who's an All-American right yep. and he's obviously an A-Sun preseason all-conference guy Tamarian Wilson on the back end is a preseason all-conference guy but the other D lineman Caden Brown I can't believe he's only listed as a junior COVID has really gotten me weirded out Jalen Bedell who we've seen a ton of over his time in, uh, in Conway and then the new addition and coach already mentioned it you mentioned it actually coach hasn't mentioned it yet but he will in a second david walker and chris sometimes guys just slip through the cracks for whatever reason yeah. started out at southern arkansas stuttgart high school native 6'3, 265 and coach has called him unblockable on the d-line i think i knew that it was going to be a good group because we recruited recruited uh, made an emphasis in recruiting to, to really bolster our defensive line but um our pass rushing has gotten so so much better we're, we're much improved in that area obviously we've got Logan Jessup, the All-American, coming back. Uh, we know what he can do. I mean, there's been times where he tackles two guys at one time. You know, I mean, he's just he's he's got a ton of ability. But but we we signed a couple couple of uh, transfers in in that department that has really really blossomed and turned into turned into some pleasant surprises. And that you know that's a guy like David Walker, a transfer from Southern Arkansas University, originally from Stuttgart High School um, here in Arkansas. 
Um, he, he's as good a pass rusher and, and quick twitch defensive lineman as I think I've ever coached. I mean, mm. he's, he's got he's got ability to be special. A uh, kid named Jace McCoy on the edge as well, signed him from Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, and then and then Jake Goldday is coming back for year two as a sophomore, a uh, high school kid out of Memphis area. So um, our defensive line is really, really strong. Um, that's going to help our defensive backs. I mean, we've got Cam Godfrey back, Tamarian Wilson, Christian Kane, we, we signed a transfer Trey Green who started six or seven games in Arkansas State last year at safety. So we're very we're very talented in the secondary. Um, but but again, uh, you know what helps the secondary is a great pass rush, and I think we've got a good group to do that. Just to expand the defense there, Chris, and certainly appreciate Coach there. But uh, you know, Tamari Wilson, I guess I'd forgotten that he was the leading tackler for this team last That's year. Right. Sixty six tackles. He had three and a half tackles for loss. Had a pick last year, and they really spread the wealth. Only one player had more than one interception last year, but there were several guys who had one on the season. We know about the wrecking crew that Jessup is. Coach talked about it. He's tackling two guys at a time sometimes. Five sacks, eleven tackles for loss. Both led the team, and just uh, you know, again some good experience up front i really like what i've seen from the defensive line and what the expectation should be for this year's version oh i love the fact that you got a guy like cam godfrey back too you know the hitting power of cam but the ball hawk ability we saw in the scrimmage the other day as well he got a pick six i think this defense is poised for a big season you're talking about christian kane coming back he had a big interception return for a touchdown last year darren davenport he was held out of the scrimmage the other day but he's anchoring that linebacker core we know he's a sideline to sideline guy so i love the fact that this defense comes with this kind of experience and then you add in a David Walker into a defense that's already feeling stout. I think that he could be an X factor and be the wrecking crew up front or help those guys be the wrecking crew because I'm going to tell you what, Logan Jessup already a handful on one end, and you had David Walker on the other, and they rotate those guys. They're not fixated on one end. They can go back and forth. I think this defensive line could be something dangerous, especially if they can get to the quarterback rushing just four, allow the secondary and the linebackers to cover and not have to worry about applying extra pressure. And then Jordan and Wilson will be the starting corners james jordan out of robinson high school and then td williams who's a mississippi native 6'1 185 and again a couple of guys we haven't seen as much of so uh those will be you know but laquez Embry's a backup at the left side and he's a name that we've seen you know on the roster for some time now as a sophomore and, and certainly he's got some experience so uh i feel good about the defense going in and the depth certainly um could be a big asset for them on both sides of the ball we hope We'll see. And again, some some new guys are certainly going to figure in the two deep, and we'll get to know them a little bit better as the the season wears on. But you look at like the Nickelback. I mean, C.J. Boskett is listed there, uh, and he's backed up by Cameron Cuevas, who we've seen make yeah. a lot of plays over the years. He so. was actually one of the guys that was with injuries in the last couple right. of years. He stepped into a starting role a few times, so he's got plenty of experience. And then you got special teams, Chris, and I think you feel really excited about the return game. Very dynamic playmakers back there at Richmond. We've seen him make incredible plays as a punt returner, kick returner. You got Gerard Barnes with great. Speed speed helping out and then we talked about kit denton he figures in as a kick returner as well oh i love the fact that kit denton is on this kickoff return team because in space he can be dangerous and christian richmond we've seen him plenty of times be so close to breaking one open we know his history he had some spectacular runs at his previous schools but i feel like this is a year where you know if he can stay healthy he's going to be poised to have a big year in the kick return game i mean christian richmond is one of those guys that it's got the kind of um he's like slippery i don't it's it's that kind of elusiveness that you can't really explain because he's not technically the fastest guy on the team, but he's he's someone who understands spacing, understands yep. how to you know find those lead blockers, follow close behind, and then when it's time to accelerate, he turns on the Jets. He is shifty. Yes, shifty. shifty. Sure. That's a good word. Uh, as far as the kicking game goes, Chandler Coffron is absolutely killing it. He had a great season last year when he was punting, and of course he had Siren Hughes forward as well, but Coffron was fantastic when he was in there. Just a sophomore, so he's got a long career ahead of him. Hayden Ray doesn't have as long of a career ahead of him, but he has basically established himself as the most effective kicker just about in school history. 50 
62 of 52 PATs, but it was a tough year from a field goal standpoint last year, Chris. There were a couple of snafus along the way, but he had a rough year, frankly. Yeah. Only seven attempts and only two out of seven last year for Hayden Ray. Completely out of the ordinary. When you look at the previous two years when he was 27 of 33, 82% on field goal attempts. So he's been almost automatic through his career. Last year, we're going to call it an anomaly. I imagine this year we'll see him get back to form, but he's a guy you feel very confident in. And then Jake Ward looks like we'll handle the kickoff duties again. Well, and don't forget about Justin Kijers. It's it is a fully encompassing, you know, group. You talk about it, having a reliable deep snapper like Kijers, and I think that this group is poised for a good year. We, like you said, you know what Kafron can bring to the table. You know, forty one point seven per punt. You know, longest sixty one last year. We know he's got the leg. Uh, boomed a couple in the scrimmage the other day. Super impressive. So it looks like he's added some strength in the off season. Hopefully, Hayden Ray can get back to form. I think he can. And one of the things that Coach Brown even talked about, Justin, was when you don't take a lot of field goal attempts, you don't really have an opportunity to get into a rhythm and mentally don't have that mindset of confidence you can go out and make every kick. So only seven attempts last year. Super bizarre. Maybe in the COVID year, it's something you go, oh yeah, it was a COVID year. It was a little weird. But last year, just far too few attempts, I think, for him to really establish that confidence again. Chris Kane, Justin Acre here doing a little Central Arkansas football preview, getting ready for a great slate of games and an exciting roster and trying to get back to the playoffs for the first time in a minute. Five and six last season, and the Bears certainly poised to improve on that significantly with the roster they put in place. But it is a very tough schedule. Don't get it twisted. And the A-Sun is going to be highly thought of. Maybe not quite Missouri Valley, but way up there in the big scheme of things. And we're going to go through all the teams that Central Arkansas will face. So in the A-Sun specifically, there are six teams this year. And again, it's an ever-changing thing. You know, Jacksonville State's in there now, but they're going to be headed off to the Conference USA next year, Chris. So it was fun while it lasted, and the Bears had, had a good time at Jacksonville State last year and knocked off the Gamecocks. That was a game we felt like was at best a 50-50 game, and the Bears blew them out. But Kennesaw State, no surprise. Top 10 team in the preseason. Pick number one in the A-Sun. Central Arkansas and Eastern Kentucky tied for second in the preseason poll, followed by the Gamecocks. Then Austin P and North Alabama, the Lions, rounding out the six. Uh, and North Alabama did not have a particularly good year last year, but they've certainly had success against Central Arkansas over the years. Back to the old ASUN whack challenge. One automatic qualifier again, and I think we both run to the understanding that there's six teams in this league now, and that'll be enough. No, they're going to still take the top RPI team out of the whack and the ASUN to go. And again, you're playing a very blended schedule. I mean, the Bears don't really have much of a whack factor no. in their schedule this year at all. I mean, you're going to play SFA but um, mostly it's an A-Sun lineup and then non-conference. And, of course, you know, you're also going to play Ole Miss. If you play them well, you can certainly help yourself. And, yeah, Lindenwood, a team that's in transition from Division Two up to Division One, they were very good at D2. And so, you know, again, I, I assume that will count as a D1 victory potentially if the Bears can knock them off. But it is a kind of a strange but difficult schedule. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, and the amount of teams that the Bears are playing in the preseason top 25, I mean, their schedule is daunting. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you open up on the stripes on Thursday with a top five, top 10 team, depending on which poll you look at against Missouri State. A team the Bears know all too well, Justin. Before we dive into that, let's get Coach's thoughts on the A-Sun and the current status. I mean, again, it's going to be ever-changing, but here are his thoughts going into the season about the conference that the Bears will participate in this particular year. You know, the, the universities that are involved, uh, at least the football-playing universities that are involved in this conference are, are very proactive and, and, and innovative and, and want to continue to push to be the best. Um, it's going to be a very competitive conference. I mean, I saw a poll the other, the other day put out, I think it was ranked the third toughest conference um, in, in, in the nation, and that's obviously mm. Missouri Valley Conference 1 with North Coast State, South Coast State, that group, and then the Big Sky Conference, I think, was 2 with mm. Montana, Montana State, all that group. Mm-hmm. And then it was A-Sun. And so, so there's a lot of respect for the teams that are involved in this conference, and I think it's exciting to – 
to be a part of the, truly the inaugural season this year. We'll be wearing patches on our uniforms, talk uh, that say inaugural ASUN season. So, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit of uh, indecision last year. You know, with the ASUN WAC challenge, not really knowing who and when we're playing some 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 programs. I think I think I think it's been settled a little bit, and I think we know what to expect now. We know where we're going. Uh, we know the teams that are involved and that are going to be committed to be involved. Um, and I think that's going to bode well for us. I think it adds comfortability to our players, our coaches, our program, and I think you'll see the best best come out of that. All right, Chris. So we've talked about uh, you know just about everything related to the Bears, and now you kind of started alluding you started alluding to the opponents that the Bears will face. So let's start with that Missouri State team, eighth in the coaches poll in the preseason. Great games over the last couple of years, very close ones. Bears have lost two out of three though to Missouri State, and Bobby Petrino has done the instant rebuild. Just add water, forty three thirty four last season. They split two games the year before. This is a team. That was second in the Missouri Valley Football Conference last year and made the playoffs. So not an easy out by any stretch of the imagination, and they have a whole lot back this season. Oh well, yeah, you talk about 14 starters back from an eight and four team, and this is a team that Justin last year it looked like it looked like our Bears, the Purple Bears, were going to win that game. Up 34 to 30 with 2:14 left after that 71 yard touchdown pass to Tyler Hudson. He had another big one before that, and it looked like the Bears were going to do it again. And then MSU drove the field, and they scored a game-winning touchdown with 29 seconds left, which kind of sparked their season after that. They've, of course, got that quarterback, Jason Shelley, that ran from 26 yards out for that touchdown. He had 3,347 passing yards, shattering the Missouri State record book last year. They've got all MVFC uh, performers, Tyrone Scott, Kevin Ellis, Montre Braswell, the defensive back. Last year we saw that matchup with Winningham mm-hmm. and Hudson and Braswell. But this is a tough team. Uh, This is going to be one that I think it's great to get them early because I think it kind of sets the tone for the season. For the Bears, you kind of you know see where you are. You know where they are. They're a two-time playoff performing team. Let's see where the Bears can match up with them. I'm really excited about this. Well, Shelley can run too. 400 plus yards rushing last season as well as the Missouri Valley Football Conference Offensive Player of the Year. So he was also the newcomer of the year, and he will be a significant weapon. The Bears will certainly make him the focus. I'm sure their game plan defensively. Next up is a game. You know, you go to an SEC school, a top 20. SEC school in the form of Ole Miss. They are replacing Matt Corral at quarterback. They got a couple different guys. Jackson Dart, the USC transfer. Luke Altmyer's a guy that uh, looked good in his limited action last year. They're going to open against Troy. And the Bears, you know, have played here before, and they were competitive. They actually led at the half back That's in right. 2012. Nathan Dick? Yeah. But yeah. again, I mean, this is, you know, this is a game, obviously. We know what these are about. It's a great test, and it certainly sets the bar as high as you're going to face all season long. And there's also some financial ramifications that help the, the program as well. Um, but, you know, this is one of those where you just sort of roll it out there and let it all hang out. Well, and the Bears' strength in the running game was this Ole Miss defense weakness last year they gave up 191 yards per game on the ground their defense was 97th overall so I mean they're certainly adding players in the portal and they've got a a top you know SEC team and they're predicted to you know at least compete for the West but if you're looking at just kind of matchup wise where the Bears are strong and where they might still show some form of weakness it's going to be in their rush defense and our rush offense but other than that they're getting top tier transfers at wide receiver from Louisville Mississippi State USC UCF and you mentioned um, you know, the dark quarterback coming in from USC. So Lane Kiffin, we knew he would be able to uh, adapt to these NIL rules hmm. very well and yep. uh, embrace them. And he certainly has. And he's gotten a lot of transfers coming in. But, hey, you know what's great about it? It's a close road game. Yep. You know, it's, what, four hours away from uh, from Conway, four and a half hours away. Great food town. Be a fun experience. Uh, let's move on. Idaho State. 
for the Bears on the road. Now, that's an interesting trip, Chris. The Bears are going to charter out there. This will be, I assume, their lone flight of the season. I'm not 100% on that, but I would guess. We know for sure they're going to fly this one. The Bengals of Idaho State, 1-10 and 10 last season. They got a new head coach in the form of Charlie Regal. He's got some experience in the Pac-12. He was at Cal prior to. He's been a tight ends coach and a special teams coordinator. Uh, he was also a special teams coordinator at Arizona. So he's been all around the Pac-12. They need a lot of help. And this is a team that really struggled on the offensive side of things, specifically last year. Only 15 points a game. And in this era of football, that is extremely poor offensive output. And so I'm sure that will be job one is trying to get that offense on track. Well, they also gave 39 sacks last year. So if you're this defensive line, you're hoping to feast in this one. Also, quickly, a couple little anecdotes about this town. Pocatello, I mm-hmm. believe it's called. Yep, that's right. There is only one city in the world named Pocatello, and it is in Idaho. It is not one of those with any other dual names. Well, good. We won't be confused when we land there, then. We won't think we're in Pocatello, Montana. Uh, oh, well, it's 22-hour drive time. If you were to try to fly into Pocatello, it would take you 22 hours to get there by plane. Huh. You're better off flying into Idaho Falls which is roughly a six-hour trip, and then it's about a 45-minute drive down. So if you're traveling to that one, fly to Idaho Falls. Okay, well, we're going to charter directly into Pocatello, Sounds I think, good. so we'll be good. All right. Um, it's you know good. It's a great opportunity against a team that struggled last year, new head coach. I mean, but again, it's a long trip. That's always a challenge, and so it'll be a cool experience. Plus, they play in a dome, and the Bears oh, obviously wow. did that in North Dakota State recently, but this will be a cool experience, I think, for the guys. A little closer to home, a lot closer to home, actually. Yeah. Southeast Missouri, the Red Hawks, hosting the Bears on September 24th, and this is a series that is tied all time, Seven seven and one, going back to 1986, or that's the last time they met was in 1986, and they've got a, a quarterback who's a newcomer, Paxson De Laurent, and he will take the uh, field for their season open. They're actually opening at my alma mater, Iowa State, on September 3rd, and it was a close race apparently in the quarterback position, and he has won it out. He's a big dude, six five two fifteen, and uh, he'll have a chance to you know hopefully get them you know I, I guess for their sake back on track and, and kind of rolling. He was uh, he actually was at Central Methodist before, and was Heart of America All Conference. <laughs> And he had about 2,500 yards passing, 25 touchdowns last year. So he comes in uh, as an experienced passer, even though it was at a lower level. And this is a team that needs some help. They were 4-7 and seven last season. Well, he's got the benefit of having a running back like Geno Hess behind him. He's the Ohio Valley Conference preseason offensive player of the year. He had 111.6 rush yards per game, 8.6 points per game as a junior, over 1,100 rushing yards total last year. And they've got five other preseason all-conference returners. So it's a team that struggled. Hey, look, they were 4-2 and two midway through the season last year. And then they just fell off at the end. So it's one of those teams that they finished 4-7, and seven, but it's not for, you know, it's not for being in contention they were right there in the thick of things halfway through and then just couldn't put it together at the end october 1st bears will start october against austin p and if you remember the games they have been tight they have been tough bears have not lost to the governors though three and zero all time including the first game of the collegiate season during the COVID era and the you know the bears certainly have had success but it has not been easy by any stretch of the imagination their head coach scotty walden is over there now and rounded out his staff not too long ago with a, a familiar name ryan Yurichek joining us Hmm. The tight ends coach, yes, the son of Hunter Juracek, and uh, he was formerly at Arkansas as well. They got four players selected to the A-Sun preseason all-conference team, including wide receiver Dre McCray. He was uh, he was the lone rep on the offensive group, and they got a few defensive players also, Chris, as well as their kicker, Maddox. Cool name. Yes, like, yes. Like that one. You're, you're a fan. Maddox Trujillo. He was one of the three players named to the special teams unit well, for them. Their head coach, um, he can probably relate to his players, at least from an age perspective, more than most. He's only 32 years old. At one point, he was 26 when he led East Texas Baptist in D3, the youngest head coach 
ever in the history of the NCAA, uh, at least in the modern era. 26 is when he began, and he led them in, in the nation in scoring. So an offensive mind, he averaged almost 50 points per game when he was in D3, uh, trying to get this Austin P team back on track. And the Governors, like you said, struggling a little bit. They were 6-5 and five last year. They won four of their last five, so they're able to finish the season on a more positive note than what they started. Uh, but the Bears have been fortunate to, to come out on top every game, and uh, the last one was thrilling in that first game in Montgomery. It's interesting. You know, I was just thinking, Nick Saban just signed a contract extension, Chris, that'll take him out until he's 78 years old, and these two coaches combined are 68. <laughs> so uh, Nathan Brown is not exactly an old goat himself. Not at so all. He's a, he's a relatively young guy for the success he's had so far. Let's move on to 10-8, Chris. October 8th, it'll be the Lindenwood Lions, a team that was 9-3, and made the D2 playoffs last season. They won nine straight games down the stretch before they got into the playoffs and lost. They are transitioning into D1 football, and this will be Hall of Fame weekend, so hopefully some uh, you know some folks turn out to welcome back some great Bears. Well, this is a team, though, that, like you mentioned, they were good in D2, really good. 9-3 and three in the last two seasons, going to the playoffs. They won the... Uh, the Great Lake Valley Conference, two Big times fan. in a row. Yeah, I mean, they're from the St. Louis area, the school, in case anyone's wondering, that's where they're from. Jed Stuckgart's their head coach. He was the Great Lake Valley Conference Coach of the Year last year. And their quarterback, 31 starts. He's got 8,000 yards, 70 total touchdowns in his career, including 1,400 rush yards and 20 rushing touchdowns in three seasons. A dual-threat quarterback. They've also got a great safety in Kai Ross, six interceptions in 2021, 64 tackles, and he was a unanimous first-team all-conference selection last season and then to help out their quarterback Cade Brister Kobe Smith coming in from San Diego State he was a three-star recruit out of high school uh, his best season had about 600 yards and four scores in 2019 so even though they're coming out of D2 this is a very formidable opponent and like much like we saw last year Justin with Tarleton State you know a lot of these teams come in from D2 in their transition years trying to, to make a statement prove a point Tarleton did last year when the Bears were down at the end of the season with some injuries this is a, in the middle of the season that's not one to take lightly in Hall of Fame weekend sure no absolutely not and they're going to play in the OVC, Chris, the Ohio Valley. That's right. Um, Southeast Missouri State, I didn't mention this, they were picked second in their conference in the preseason. And Lindenwood, as you might imagine, picked dead last as they transition up to Division I, uh, seventh out of seven behind Eastern Illinois. On October 15th, oh boy, tough road trip for us and for the Bears at sixth ranked ranked Kennesaw State, the Owls and the Bears. It's their first meeting ever, and this is a team that is tradition-rich. They run it like crazy. They don't throw the ball much at all, but man, are they good at what they do. Um, they won a playoff game last year in the postseason, then lost 32-31 to to East Tennessee State in the second round with 35 seconds left. They allowed a touchdown and a two-point conversion, so they're starting the year probably with a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth. They are led by Xavier Shepard, who was their leading rusher and passer last year. Only 1,341 yards, though, passing but 15 touchdowns against three interceptions he's the preseason a son offensive player of the year he's also the preseason favorite for the walter payton award as well this is a player who 867 rush yards 23 rushing touchdowns that's crazy i mean he is absolutely the most ideal dual threat quarterback you could have if you're in the ohio valley conference or the a son in which they're now in so this is an offense that's poised for a big season. They've got eight players who started games last year. And Xavier seems to be a recurring theme 
Justin. Xavier Shepard, we're going to have to watch out for him. Xavier Hill, his wide receiver, he's got 16.9 yards per catch and a four-touchdown season last year. There's another Xavier we'll get to later in the season, but he also terrifies me as well. Xavier being a name this year of playmakers, and it all starts with Shepard. If the Bears are going to have any chance in this game, they've got to lock him down because he's going to be a big factor. Well, defensively, they were very good last year. Under 20 points a game allowed. They were 18th in the FCS in defensive scoring average. And the Bears, though, hey, look, for all the struggles and the disappointing record, they put points on the board. 11th in scoring offense last year for Central Arkansas, 34 and a half a game. Obviously lose some key playmakers, but with Will McIlvain being a dual threat guy himself, you'd think maybe those numbers could be improved upon a little bit. Although, again, 34 and a half, pretty stout. North Alabama's up next. This is homecoming, and this is a hate game from back in the day in the D2 days when uh, they played in the Gulf South. Bears are 5-15 and 15 all time against the Lions. Just about as bad as any team that is on their level that they've faced over the years. But this is the first meeting in 17 years, and there was a playoff game, Chris, years ago in Conway where North Al came in and broke the Bears' hearts. And uh, I know the Bears are looking for payback. Nathan Brown was a part of that team, and I'm sure he remembers it well. But the Lions are not exactly vintage from over their their great uh, history, three and eight last year, and they allowed thirty three points a game. Uh, they're going to be coming off a road game at Eastern Kentucky. The Bears, luckily, will be coming off their bye for this game. And let's be honest, after the game at Kennesaw, probably will need it. Well, this is a team that, although they struggled last year, they did get all three wins in the final five games. They finished much stronger than they started, and they do have a league leading seven All Conference preseason A Sun selections. So. Parker Driggers, one of those players. He's a running back that averaged 5.3 yards a carry, nine touchdowns last year. Kyrie Fields led their team in tackles with 63 as a defensive back. So even though they're this is a team that isn't exactly record-wise that impressive, they do have some key returners that could cause some problems. Here's something that's interesting, too, is uh, their quarterback is expected to be Jalen Gibson. He only appeared in four games last year, Chris, but he had uh, one stellar game, his best game by far, 350 yards passing, four touchdowns. You know who it came against? Southeastern Louisiana, a team that was in the playoffs and was among the nation's best offensively you remember their quarterback of course uh steamboat yeah that's right so this uh that was impressive so again very small sample size but Jalen gibson could be a problem for a lot of teams as he settles in as the starter eastern kentucky hosting the bears and this has been about as frustrating a series as central arkansas has had over the last couple of seasons the colonels have had a little more success than we might have liked to admit the bears lost the game last year they led it 35 to 13 at one point and then unfortunately eastern kentucky able to find a way to pull away and win the game They've got Matthew Jackson back. He's one of the best linebackers at any level, and he returns after a 102-tackle season, which paced the ace on. He was the preseason defensive player of the year. Well, he's a finalist for the Buck Buchanan Award as well, and he's poised to go after that again. 12 starters, 8 on offense coming back. It all goes through Parker McKinney, who has almost 7,000 total career yards, 53 total touchdowns. Um, he's got an offensive lineman in Peyton Collins, who was a freshman All-American. They've got six preseason All-A Sun players. But this is just the most frustrating team. The first year that we played him was the COVID year. Um, we went up to Eastern Kentucky. It's a, it is a long drive, folks. It's like nine hours to yep. get up there. It's about 35 minutes from Lexington. It was a rainy day. We're up in the, the tallest press box on the planet. It's actually a beautiful setting for football. It is gorgeous with the mountains in the background, but it was a last-second touchdown. Yep. And then last year was 25 unanswered points. So hopefully you know, the Bears, there's still plenty of Bears on this roster who's played against this team now three times, and I know they're looking for payback this season. Yeah, so you think Logan Jessup and that defensive bunch aren't going to be after it? I mean, there's oh, no yeah. question in my mind. They've got to have this one 
one circled. And then another one they probably do have circled. Bears lost at home. Hate losing at home to SFA last year. Now that trip down to Lumberjack land, not far, but this is not the same SFA team the Bears are playing when they were in the same conference together. SFA has improved immensely, and they are number 10 in the country in the preseason. They've got five Lumberjacks named to the FC, FCS preseason All-America team. Not All-Wack team. That's right. All-America team. And you mentioned a guy who's particularly dangerous and concerning if you're a defensive player. Xavier Gibson. Just another Xavier to watch out for. 1,300 yards last year. He led the FCS. He leads all active FCS wide receivers in career yards with over 3,130 touchdowns. He is a menace out there. And when we talked to the coaching staff last year, Justin, after the game, before and after, they said this kid is the real deal. And they watched both on film and in person his highlights and how he's able to exploit defenses with his speed. And he, he gets all of his all of his uh, passes thrown from a quarterback who's not too shabby himself. Trey Self, 7,700 passing yards at second among all active quarterbacks at the FCS level, 55 touchdowns. SFA has recruited extremely well recently. Getting into the transfer portal a little bit and getting guys from Baylor, including B.J. Thompson, an England-Arkansas native who last year finished with 12 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. And Justin, you mentioned how this team is no longer the SFA that we saw back in the Southland days. Not just that, we haven't seen fan support like this in a while. Their ticket sales are up 89% Woo. in just the last three seasons alone. So yeah. they've gone from seasons like three and nine, six and four to eight and four, and they're looking for double digits this year. Hopefully the Bears can spoil that. Yeah, well, they're definitely uh, not an all ran anymore. They are a real factor here. And then the Bears finish the regular season. Hopefully this isn't the last game of the year. It will be senior day, but maybe it won't be the last game on the Stripes for some of these players. The Rich Rodriguez era has begun at Jacksonville State. We talked about how the Bears have a bad taste in their mouth about a few different opponents. Eastern Kentucky comes to mind, a couple of others. But I think the flip side for that is Jacksonville State, a team that you know had just come off you know in a previous week or two before, I guess, that. Florida State, they knocked them off, and then they turn around and lose at home handily to Central Arkansas. So I guess maybe a good thing that Michael Norvell did not face his alma mater right. last That's year. That's right. Yeah, we don't want to see that. <laughs> he's the 28th head coach at Jacksonville State. 163, 119, and 2 overall. And I think most people know his history a little bit West Virginia where he went to school Michigan Arizona had a lot of success and he really thought of as an offensive guru but the Bears got him 38-14 last year so they've got some work to do certainly as they prepare to move to the FBS in Conference USA next year they have a couple linebackers who are notable uh, with 69 and 68 tackles and Tullis and Benton other wide receiver Ahmad Edwards he had 560 yards last year five touchdowns but really this is a lame duck season for them it's the last game of the season be curious to see what kind of state of mind there and there might be some revenge on their mind but it's not the same coaching staff. Uh, this is a team looking to, to move on, and we'll see where, where their players are. This could be one of those games, Justin, with this kind of schedule. Well, the Bears are looking for this to break into the postseason or solidify a position in the postseason, especially if they play well early on. Um, we'll hope Jacksonville State doesn't really care too much about it, but glad to have them here in Conway as we finish out this home and home before they move on to FBS level. So there you go. That's the regular season. That's a little overview on the Bears. A little bit from Coach Brown. And again, looking forward to bringing that first broadcast. It's on a Thursday night. It is a unique situation it's a purple out so make sure you dress head to toe in purple if you have it and if not you can always go buy a local store and grab some i know my man uh eric sward over bell and sward would love to help you out there's lots of good stores around town that have plenty of purple for you to fill up your closet and come dressed for success on that thursday night and again you need it loud and you need to have a great turnout this is an extremely good missouri state team with an extremely talented roster and we all know very experienced and solid head coach but you know what i'll take my guy nathan 
Brown over just about anybody. Don't want to forget to mention that the Nathan Brown Show will be on Buzz 2 this year, 106.7, on Monday nights again. But we're going to flip over to 106.7 instead of 103.7 this season. And it will be at Walk-Ons once again. So come by and see us, grab some dinner, and have, uh, have a little listening with Coach Brown. I'm looking forward to show number one. And we've got a full season slate of those in addition to all the great games that we're going to bring you during the year on the Central Arkansas Radio Network. And I know we're looking forward to working with Steve Owens, who has been the longtime voice of women's basketball and baseball up in Conway. He's done a bunch of men's basketball games for me when there's been conflicts as well. He'll be a great addition. Plus, he lives in Conway. He runs the radio station there. And he'll I think he'll get a lot of insight just to be able to hang around the program a lot more than you know you and I and RJ are able to because of our other jobs. I'm looking forward to working with Steve-O and another great season on the Stripes and beyond. All right. Well, there you go. We'll bring it to you on September 1, 7 o'clock kick, which means we will start things off at 6 p.m. on the Central Arkansas Radio Network. We appreciate you listening to us. For Chris Kane, I'm Justin Acri. We'll see you on the Stripes.